I'm Peyton, and this is the Free Body Podcast, the podcast for every body. Here we are, episode two. We made it. Thank you for joining me today as I speak with my amazing guest, Chelsea Williams. Chelsea and I met at conservatory, rolling around on dance floors and phonating at ourselves in mirrors throughout the hallowed halls of Juilliard. She's a talented actor and singer and pre-COVID was transitioning from performing in Oklahoma on Broadway to Girl from the North Country, also on Broadway. This is a woman who has always blown me away with not only her talent, but her fierce spirit and sense of humor. This past year has not only seen her career blossom, but has also sent her into a harrowing medical battle during this pandemic as she sought out fibroid surgery. We'll cover her childhood in Miami all the way through to her recovery today. So without further ado, this is Chelsea. I wonder if you have a specific memory, one of your earliest memories that has to do with movement, exercise, maybe it was playing sports or like the first time, first kind of vivid memory you have when it comes to physical fitness. Well, um, I'm from Miami, Florida, so... Um, I come from a football city, a football family, you know, men who are athletes. My dad was a, you know, a high school and college athlete for track. Um, so I have that like athletic background in my family, but I, I wouldn't consider myself athletic when I was a kid. I was kind of on the chubby side, but you know, kind of on the tomboyish side, you know, and I used, I, I do remember playing with my brother. Um, we used to have a basketball hoop outside and I used to play with him basketball. I used to play you know, football in the street. And, you know, I, I, I was pretty decent at it considering, you know, I, I went to school with so many people who were like actual athletes throughout my childhood or who went on to become professional athletes. You know, I was, I never considered myself one. <laughs> Did you really love it or did you, I mean, it sounds like you did, like you were kind of eager to get out there in the street and play football with, with the neighborhood kids. Um, well, I, not really with the neighborhood kids. Like my mom wouldn't let me do that, <laughs> but, um, with my brother and maybe Got a couple it. of cousins here and there, but, um, yeah, I was, uh, I, I, I enjoy sports, you know, there's something I I wouldn't say I wasn't into it. I just wasn't, I was always an artist, you know, I was the drama kid, but I was never like the dancer or the, uh, the kid that ran track, you know, I was, I never thought I, I, I never considered myself to be an athlete. Although if you look at me five, nine, you know, <laughs> people automatically assume I was always the biggest kid in my class, you know, mm-hmm. a tallest kid in my class. So, you know, people would assume that, but I never was officially that. You're in the arts, obviously went to school together for that. Um, when mm-hmm. did you feel like you started to seek out more exercise for, and what was the reason for that? I think it was in high school. I went to a performing arts school, New World School of the Arts in Miami, and um, we had to take dance class. And that was like my first introduction to formal ballet, formal modern and jazz classes, you know, three or four times a week. And I felt behind (laughs) when I started. And I just was like, you know, the teachers were very, you know, strict about, you know, getting into shape and like, 
and dancing. And, it, and that took a lot of, it took a lot of, you know, stamina to do. And I just was not used to moving like that. You know, I was used to eating hot, hot Cheetos, you mm. know, and, and hot sausages from the ice cream truck. And, and then I got to high school and it suddenly was like, oh shit, I got to move every day. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Did the, did it change like your eating habits at that point when you were in high school? Um, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, looking back, I ate terrible. Like I remember there used to be this, um, this Cuban diner downtown Miami. And every morning I would go there with a dollar fifty my mom would give me and I would buy this huge piece of Cuban toast that was just loaded with butter, like almost like a stick of butter. Oh my God. <laughs> like half a stick of butter actually. And they would melt it down on the, you know, panini press. And they were like, that's tostada. And they'll be like, here, <laughs> here's some toast. And I would eat that bread like every day at, for breakfast. Wow. Oh my God. I'm like salivating right now. <laughs> yeah it's a cuban coffee so it was i my my diet was horrible <laughs> horrible <laughs> so you were you dancing know? a lot like did you feel how did you find it like changed you at all like suddenly doing all this physical activity consistently um i felt like i i definitely became more aware of my body which is i i don't know if that was necessarily a good thing yeah. um or you know because you're you're in high school and you're like looking at your 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 new brand new boobs and your brand new hips that you're getting mm -hmm. and you're constantly like oh what what is happening here but then also staring in the mirror at a ballet bar you know and you're like well my hips are much bigger and my boobs are much bigger than the girl over there right. like what's going on and then you know you have teachers that come around and hit you with a, a stick and say hey you know tuck in your your uh your booty <laughs> And I'm like, well, I can't because that's just my booty. Um, so I knew my dance career was going to be short lived um, <laughs> or not lived at all because I'm not a dancer. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was just that was, you know, the um, that was I don't think it was necessarily it was there's I think there's something good to come out of, you know, being aware of your body, but being obsessed with your body. Mm -hmm. it, there's a thin line between yeah. that especially at that age. For sure. I feel like when I was younger, I there was no balance that I could find. It was just kind of like all in or nothing. That pendulum mm -hmm. just would swing one crazy way and swing another way. And I don't feel like I personally got sort of a hang of it until I was much older. I'm curious about your experience with that. Um, I think it... I just remember like going to a performing arts school. I felt like it was very unique. My my school was like very small and very concentrated. So like there were the dancers and I remember like the dancers were the ones that, you know, had the nice bodies and all yeah. the like the the very few straight guys that went to the high school. They were all like concerned about <laughs> just the dancers. Yep. And you know, um being young and and you know there was this always this comparisons that was happening like and why are they not paying attention to me like what like that you know terrible um comparisons but um i had to looking back i was like wow i was really among some like some of the most talented um you know people um in the time but i don't know if i answered your question because i'm just i just had that memory go 
I just went down memory lane for a second and please no but honestly like I feel like my high school experience was a toxic one um and just bringing it up sort of you know it brings back a lot of memories of what wasn't good about that experience um and you know it was a performing arts school so it it wasn't your typical high school we didn't even have a cafeteria we had no sports team so it was like the dancers were the athletes, you know, yep. they were the the jocks of our school. They, you know, and... I always said that they were the cheerleaders <laughs> at my school too. Arts yeah. high school. It's a whole new, it's a whole different bag. Whole different ball game. So yeah. And those years were very strange in that sense. And I don't know if it was all because of, you know, body related or, you know, fitness and comparisons or whatever, but um just bring just talking about because I I like have erased a lot of those memories from my my life altogether I've like tried to like not even go back to that Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I mean I know you so I know how like you're one of the strongest women I've ever met and I think there's something yeah because like high school for me there's so much I don't remember and I'm pretty sure it's Mm -hmm. because I like blocked it out high school's hard enough as it is like going to a a, like a normal school it's Mm -hmm. super hard and like going to a school that's you're there because you have you know you're either a theater student or you're you're a dance student or whatever you're concentrating in whatever your focus is it just creates a whole other layer of body awareness um but not because you're so young and your brain hasn't developed you know, your prefrontal cortex isn't done yet. So like, you're all it's very reactionary. And it makes that whole growing up um, much more difficult or much more challenging, in my opinion, just, you know, Mm -hmm. you're dealing with all of the normal teenage stuff on top of all of the the uh, the standards that you're suddenly having to think about, because you know, there are some crappy teachers out there who may be doing things that they probably shouldn't be doing. I've heard so many horror ballet stories. Oh yeah. Woo. It's a mess. <laughs> yeah. It it was crazy. I you know because I just I I'm thinking about the tights. <laughs> Those the tights. tights. I I used to they they were very strict about wearing these pink tights and I was just like um <laughs> who looks I know I don't look good. I'm first of all I'm black. So um <laughs> Like, I know the whole idea of having pink tights or they're supposed to, you know, right. mimic your flesh tone. Right. But, right. you know, I remember I used to get in trouble for wearing black tights oh, really? to ballet class. And they were like, this is unprofessional. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, I knew back then before it was popular, I was like, um, I just don't understand why I have to wear these pink almost white tights on my legs but anyway yeah many layers many layers many different things all happening at the same time while you're like an adolescent it's uh it's wild yeah so high school came you went to college Mm -hmm. how did how did your physical journey continue well I was I became suddenly very active I think in at FAMU um, before I went to Juilliard. So um, it was like my normal 
experience of a college, which was great. I think it was a great experience for me in that sense. I went to, you know, it was an HBCU, historically black college um, and university. Um, and I think I remember being in that gym there a lot. I just decided that the gym would be like a place that I would go multiple times a week. Like, mm -hmm. and I probably wasn't even like working out properly <laughs> then mm -hmm. and had like no mind. I just was like, oh, this is where some cute guys are too also. So I should probably like be here <laughs> at least. <laughs> I remember, I do remember that from FAMU. There used to be like the fine, the fine dudes from the football team and other like they would be working out and I'd be like, I think that was another, just to be honest, I, you know, some people might, yeah, please. <laughs> but, but um, I think that's when I started to be like, oh, I want to like work out, you know, for, for health reasons. I knew that I wanted to be an actor. So I was like, oh, I have to like do this. Cause that's what all I, I see, you know, every tabloid and, you know, every magazine has some actor saying what they, they do. But I don't think that was the main thing. I think I was in the, you know, this theater troupe that used to travel with the school. And <laughs> we used to have this thing called Hell Week where mm -hmm. we would have to like dance and sing at the same time. For me to look back on it, it was like really high intensity, but I guess it was like preparing me for what I do now. But it was a lot. <laughs> It was like very hard to get through it. And, you know, my teachers would be like, y'all need to go to the gym, I guess, you know. And it made sense because in order to get through that quote unquote hell week, which, which sounds like some terrible hazing, which was not, that's what not what it was. It was just the week that we put the show together right. and we rehearsed like all day long. I remember just being like out of breath the first time I did it. And then the next year I was like, okay, I need to work out and like really you know, be prepared yeah. for it. I mean, it's that you need crazy endurance to do that stuff. Mm. Like, I, I wasn't even aware enough to be like, I need to up my endurance so that I can do this show well. Yeah. It was like, you know, and they would even have us exercise and sing at the same time in classes sometimes just to, like, build up that crazy endurance. I still don't fully understand. Like, I'm not as I'm not the same kind of singer that you are. You probably have more to speak about than I do regarding well, that. Well, you have a you have a voice, Peyton. I know this. Okay, <laughs> don't don't let the people out there be fooled. <laughs> I know that I was, have a voice, but <laughs> you like have I, a a great voice, Peyton. <laughs> you be singing, Peyton. <laughs> don't you try to I don't like. No, I'm honestly I'm tempted to open this episode with like finding a clip of you singing so that people know who oh, you're talking God. to. I'm like oh. gonna find that Whitney Houston song and put it on here. I swear oh, to God. Oh Lord. <laughs> The people need to know, Chelsea. The people need to know. Um, so, okay, so you upped your endurance. That got you to exercise more. Um, and then after graduating school and before you went to grad school, I guess, what was that space like? Did you feel more pressure from, like, the industry about how you looked and what you should look like? And how did that affect your exercise? Or did you were you able to kind of, like, stay in the headspace of of like, no, I know what I need to do and that's all BS. And like, what was your experience? You know, I had it uh, uh, about a year off before going to grad school. And um, I remember at that point, I felt like it was just like for a personal 
aesthetic, you know, feel. I felt like, um, so, you know, that always was in the back of my mind at some point. I was like, to be healthy, you have to exercise. That's, that was like my way of thinking at that time. Did that change at all once you got to grad school or did that kind of stay consistent? Um, When I got to grad school, you know, the thing about Juilliard, tell me, I I tell people, there are a lot of things about Juilliard, but we ain't going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's another podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. Maybe that's the one, the podcast you need to do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) 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 The thing about the thing about that program was I, I look back and I had no idea how physical it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like that was a surprise to me. Daryl's class was a surprise to me as fun as it was. It was still kind of like, Oh, okay. Like we're, we really do an aerobics like for real, yeah. for real almost every day. And then Moni's class was a whole nother, you know, type of physical you know, way of using your body that I just was not used to. It wasn't dance. It wasn't aerobics. It was like a whole different other like mind game with your, your body. Um, So that was what was shocking to me about grad school. I was like, Oh man, why am I always tired? Oh, that's because this program is really physical and no one really, you know, warned you. (laughs) They were like, you're coming to be an actor. Um, and an athlete by the way and an athlete (laughs) like that they don't you know that was a surprise to me it wasn't in the bro I don't remember reading it in the brochure no I don't either (laughs) I think my introduction to that was like the callback weekend suddenly we were thrown into Daryl's class yeah which is for those of you out there who don't know is like some kind of crazy amazing aerobics non-stop jazzercising <laughs> kind of class and yeah. this man has more energy than anyone else I think I've ever met in my whole life like just constantly yeah. moving and teaching this class it's unreal and no one knows how old he actually is I don't no. um so don't it's, like, <laughs> it's like and he's um, been teaching there for a long time like yeah for over 20 years I'm sure yeah um, so like yeah. shout out to to Daryl because yeah um <laughs> body by Daryl I remember body, the, the shirts <laughs> but yeah I think you know by the time we got to fourth year that was when it was like okay I think that may have been the first time where I was like yeah Chelsea you know you gotta lose weight like you gotta fit into this mold um mm. and I do remember my final year that was like the skinniest I've ever been (laughs) which um wasn't I wouldn't most people wouldn't consider that skinny but I was I remember I went to the school nutritionist because I was like I want to lose like maybe 10 or 15 pounds but I want to do it the right way and then she like and at the time I was like exercising every morning Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, going to the, the gym that was in the residence hall every day. And I was like eating the school cafeteria food because I was an RA. Um, so I like could track really well what I was eating. And I wasn't really like eating in between meals. Um, and I just remember dropping. I was she weighed me and I weighed less than I thought I did. And she was like, why do you want to lose weight? <laughs> She was like, yeah. um, she was like, yeah, your, 
your body type may not allow you to be this way. And I was like, oh, you're right. And then I remember my professors from FAMU came up to visit me. And what? That's so nice. Yes. And the first thing they said, they were like, Chelsea, oh my God, you've lost so much weight. (laughs) And I was like, did I? (laughs) And I was like, I, I, I've been trying to lose weight, but I don't feel like I have, but I was also like, and fourth, fourth year was crazy. Like I remember I was, I had class pass. I don't know if you know, know what that is. But. Oh, oh, I know what class. Pass is. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I had okay. class pass before it was like popular. It was like a brand yeah. new thing. And I was like taking classes at all these studios that were in the Upper West Side, which I know I wouldn't be able to afford <laughs> normally, you know, mm-hmm. um, that were very expensive. But I was like, in those classes, I was at the gym. I, I was, and I, and I dropped weight pretty like fast apparently and I remember that number on that scale and the scale back then and I haven't seen that number since yeah hell since. no, hell no. Um, that's okay and I don't think it was like unhealthy I just was like oh this is if I really like tried to fit the quote-unquote mold that people think you have to you know fit into I know that I could do it yeah. but um did it make you happy no, actually, I don't think I don't think there was any like it made me feel good, you know. Yeah. Um, I felt healthier, but it it didn't bring me happiness, you know. Mm-hmm. I like food personally. <laughs> I love. Food. I like I like rich, you know, cheesy, greasy food. Yeah. Um, on a, uh-huh. <laughs> which is terrible for me, but you know. I mean, it's um, very similar. I gotta say, like, but at that point, I had been told so many times actually that I needed to lose weight for mm-hmm. my career. So, and I had dealt with you know eating dis- uh, disorders like years before, like in high school and in eighth grade. So mm-hmm. I had kind of dealt with, I-, I could feel myself getting like planting my feet and being like, absolutely not. I'm not going to that place again. Because for me, it could spiral into something not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I remember like, I'm like, I'm going to eat whatever the hell I want. I'm going to, you know, work out because it makes my body feel good, you know, and I felt fine in my body, but I did, I could like, you can't help it when you're going out and you hear feedback from like a casting director that you're not pretty enough for a role. And when they're saying that, they're also meaning like, she's like, I, I remember one casting director who I will not name, though it's tempting, was like, um, yeah, she's not a CW hottie. So <laughs> I know she, exactly she's who more of like, <laughs> she's more of like a, uh, like a, a mother on a sitcom. And just so everyone knows, I was like in my mid to late 20s when I got that mm. comment. So I don't know what mother on a sitcom who has like the funny husband is 25 years old. But, um, you know, but I, just on some level, I was kind of used to hearing that and it just made me like dig my feet in harder. And it wasn't until I found like exercise that I really loved and kind of renewed my excitement about like movement and more about like what I could do that I did actually get into the best shape of my life, like really strong. But then it quickly, it like I, I hit a kind of peak. And then when I was like working out and teaching like constantly all the time and I was gluten free also for some reason, just because it felt better, honestly, to be, which I'm thinking of doing again, just because my body, I think, likes it. Mm-hmm. But um, but then I realized that I, I was starting to get back into that kind of loop of like doing too much 
Mm-hmm. Be- it, it's a weird, it's like that pendulum. It just, it swings. And sometimes I'm not aware of how far I've swung to one side. And then I have to kind of then deal with what I've created for myself. Like, okay, well, I'm now in this body. And what is that actually, like, what is health actually for me? What does that mm-hmm. actually look like? Does that really look like teaching 13 classes a week and taking class every day on top of those classes? You know, Mm -hmm. is that really what it looks like? Or does it really look like just eating raw oatmeal in the morning? Like it it didn't. There were days when I would feel good. And then there were days where like I was just tired. I just overused my body. I got so many bizarre injuries Mm. doing that, you know, and I think definitely when you get an injury, it's like your body's going, hey. So um, you're doing too much. Just like chill the hell out. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I get that, but I'm, I'm. Uh, it seems like you've had also post grad school. Now we can get into this if you're ready. Okay. I've had quite the health journey over the last year or so. Has it been a year? Um, or I want to say more, it's, right? well, it's been about a year now. Like this whole mm-hmm. pandemic has me like not in touch with time, but um mm-hmm. yeah, you know, for the first you know, couple of years out of school, I was, you know, I I was fine. I kept up, you know, working out. Um maybe not to the you know, the strict like diet that I was on fourth year. That kind of like yeah, went away. But um this past year probably was the most challenging health year in my life. Um, and it really just was centered around hormonal health and fibroids, which are both Mm -hmm. deeply connected. Um, so back in, I want to say November, I started to notice that, and this is maybe TMI, so I'm going to try not to make it too TMI, but my cycle was starting to do all types of weird-ish on me, you know, like I would, Uh I was like, why is my, and I, you know, I used to be one of those people, and I still am, I track my cycle on an app, which, (laughs) me too, (laughs) okay, do you use Clue, that's what I use, um, no, I think, I forget what one, the one that you, you like, take your temperature, that one, like, Oh, I don't know that one. I forget the name of it, but that one, it was pretty accurate. So I was like tracking my cycle very, you know, nice because I've been kind of like anti-birth control for a while before. Okay. This was back in November. So I, I was noticing that my cycle was just suddenly coming on more frequently than, you know, it normally should have and then would not stop. Oh, wow. So um, I went to the doctor, one of the first of several doctors I went to, um, and uh, he was like, you know, it sounds to me like you probably have something going on, like a fibroid. So I was like, what's that? And he was like, Google it. <laughs> Literally. What? <laughs> He's not my doctor now. Yeah, Neither. hell no. Um, oh, so he no, gave just... me a um, ultrasound in office and then I had to go get another ultrasound of my pelvis and basically they found that I had this huge fibroid um which if people listening don't know what fibroids are they're benign growths on your uterus um they say that 
more than like so the the statistics are crazy like more than 75% of women will experience having fibroids at some point in their life and many don't know that they have them unless they get an ultrasound and you know I went through several months of having these symptoms and my primary care doctor who I love she was like yeah you know maybe you should go on birth control Chelsea and you know um I was like no I don't want that I had a, a a a tumor on my uterus. That's what I'm calling it. You know, people are like, mm-hmm. "Oh, fibroids, they're nothing to, to worry about." Anyone who says that is a lie, okay? They're a liar. This was around December of last year. I was like having horrible, you know, um symptoms and finally I was like, "Okay, I have to get on the pill to make these sy- symptoms stop." So not only was I on the pill, I was like on double dosage, continuous birth control pills in order to try to stop my, or control my period. So by this time, I was like severely anemic. Um, I was tired all the time. Now, mind you, this was like in the height of me being, you know, in my career, finally, I was on Broadway, you know, I was mm-hmm. transitioning from one show to another show, which is, which was like, I was very excited about. Um, and in January, I ended up like being on this pill. And I remember going to a new doctor. And he was like, well, you know, Chelsea, you you have to get surgery on this. And I was like, surgery, what type of surgery? He was like, well, you're gonna have to get this removed, or it's go- because you know, birth control pills are not going to alone help this situation. So I had to do a lot of research on my own because none of these doctors that I went to knew how to deal with me or my symptoms, like what was going on with me. And at the time I was in a show and I was like, I'm not having surgery and taking off six weeks from a show, you know, to, um, to to do this like what <laughs> there's no, that's my only option that's like and and you know the way some of these doctors were speaking to me and i think this kind of speaks to women in general especially black women you know there's been a lot of talk about how black women are treated in the medical industry they were they were very dismissive of me they would say oh this is your problem you know deal with it and at this time my my blood was so low that I went to the ER one day and they like would they admitted me because I had to get a blood transfusion. Oh my god. So yeah, so all of this was happening and then boom, March happens. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I remember being I had to call out one night from my show because my symptoms were that bad. Like it was either I would not have made it like I was dizzy. It was, it was a big mess. And I remember feeling bad because I called out and we were in previews, Mm -hmm. but my, you know, everyone was very, you know, understanding because I was literally in the hospital. Um, but no one, I, I wasn't really open about what was going on with me because, you know, I was, I was trying to be private about it. I also Um, feel like there's stigma about like surrounding health issues in our, in the acting industry very much so and I think that is has changed after this year I feel like um after you know after coronavirus and so many people in our industry being affected 
by that. And then also, you know, the death of Chadwick Boseman, like on a lot of different, you know, things that have happened this year, I think people maybe may hopefully be a little bit more understanding about, you know, health. We can only pray and hope. Um, but so March happens and then boom, it's like the entire world shut down. New York City shuts down. And I came back to Miami. Um, and at the time, I like didn't know what when Broadway would return or what would return. And I just remember, you know, coming down here and being like, well, maybe this is the time to try to have surgery. Um, so I came down here you know, um, because grateful, I'm grateful to have, you know, insurance that allows me to go around the country, you know, to search for doctors that are in my network. Um, but anyway, I, I came down here and I was like, I should get surgery. So I, during this pandemic, <laughs> okay, was going to the doctor and they were, some people were like, we're not seeing patients right now because of coronavirus. This was back in April, May time. And finally, I got, I was able to see a doctor. Um, I went to like maybe three or four different doctors in Miami um, to like look into having the, the fibroid removed. And some of them were like, we're not seeing patients. Some of them were like, you know, um, well, we can see you, but we can't have surgery because elective surgeries were shut down. So I am still suffering with these symptoms. I'm still taking these high doses of, of birth control pills. I'm literally drained because I'm severely still anemic at the time. My blood and iron levels were severely low. So I was literally dragging around like my face was like almost clear <laughs> and I'm black. Mm. So that's hard. <laughs> like, because my, my iron was so low. Yeah. 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 Um, and my symptoms were just getting worse. So I finally found this great doctor and he was like, you know, surgery, um, it would be robotic. It would be, you know, minimally evasive. We can get this out, you know, a 10 cent centimeter fibroid out through a little God. small hole apparently. Um, and, you know, I met with him. And then, like, literally two weeks later, my symptoms became so severe that I was in the hospital. And After the surgery? No, this was before, before okay, I had okay, surgery. Okay. So my symptoms, after I met with him, mm -hmm, the gotcha. first for, like, the initial appointment, my um, symptoms became so bad that I went to the ER, like, twice because I was in excruciating pain. Um, and both times at the ER, they were like, we don't know what's going on with you. One of those times I stayed overnight and they like did all these CAT scans and all these extra tests, you know, because mm -hmm. none of the male doctors knew what the hell a fibroid was or how to deal with it. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. so, you know, they did all these expensive tests on me, um, and were, were like, oh, you have a fibroid. Thank you. I know. Um, can I have surgery, please? Jesus. That was my response. <laughs> so, um, long story short, I end up going back to the, to the doctor, um, that, you know, um, and that day he was like, oh my God, Chelsea, you need to go back to the ER and I will meet you at the hospital because this needs to come out today. I can't believe it took um, this long. This is infuriating. Yeah. So what it ended up happening to me is um, the fibroid, because my diet completely changed and because, um, you know, my 
I, I don't know why, but something happened with the tumor where it was um, calcifying and like shrinking. It was like trying to expel on its own, which is as painful and as gross as it sounds. This is TMI. Um, yeah, but hopefully, fine. you know, honestly, hopefully it will help someone because, you know, a lot of women don't talk about this. And yeah. I happen to be in some Facebook groups where there are thousands of women who have similar stories and no one talks about it in the open. So <laughs> I stayed overnight in the hospital and then the next morning I had surgery. Okay. It was a seven hour surgery. Holy um, I don't remember anything. Oh, yeah. Well, All hopefully you were under the whole time, right? I was under the entire time. Oh, yeah. I do remember them sticking like the the tube down my throat for anesthesia. Oh, yeah. And they were playing. They were like the guy, the anesthesiologist was like, uh, what type of music do you like? And I was like, R&B, please. And I'm like tied to this gurney. <laughs> I can laugh about it now because it actually is funny, but <laughs> it wasn't funny at the time. No. He wheeled me in, and I remember them sticking the, you know, the the tube down my throat to put me to sleep. And then I woke up, and I was like, "Why is my mom here?" Because you know, the it was still COVID. Like this was, I had the surgery um, back in the end of July, the last week of July, and that was when Miami was in the highest count of coronavirus. So I was like, "Why is my mom here? Like, is everything okay?" And I looked outside and it was nighttime and my my surgery started at 11. So I know that's a long story, but long story short, um, that was like an experience that I never saw coming. And the pandemic made things worse. And I sort of became used to working through pain and having low energy levels have you know and it beca- that became my norm yeah. and for so long and now that I'm on the other side of re- surgery and I've recovered I'm like oh my god I have all this energy this is what life is like <laughs> that's so great I I literally feel I feel better than I did when I was in high school honestly wow. and and I, that probably speaks to I've probably had these symptoms and that issue that fibroid for many years So this next segment is called The Tea. We already touched a little bit about this in the pre-interview portion, but um, online classes, is it the future? How do we feel about it? I know you've been doing a lot of Peloton, so tell me what's going on. The bike Um, is, I've heard SoulCycle selling all their bikes now also to like. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I'm not really a fan of SoulCycle, but that's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Um, we can I mean this is the tea section so if you have anything well, you want to okay. say about well, feel free yeah I wasn't I went to I've gone to Soul Cycle a couple of times a few times I went to and they were all on the Upper West Side and I felt like it it felt very maybe cult is a, <laughs> it's ahead. too hard of a word <laughs> but it felt very weird like I don't you know if I'm taking a yoga class yes light some candles but if I'm on the bike, don't light candles, please. <laughs> like, and I remember uh, no tea, but well, actually, this is the tea section, so I'm gonna. Yeah. Please. I remember one of my friends was working at Soul Cycle, and that was like one of the first times I went there. And I and I went to him, and I was like, man, that class was so 
so tough. You almost killed me there. And he looked at me like I said a curse word, like I said something like bad. <laughs> so I was like, maybe they tell their instructor, like that's not good terminology to like oh, say because yeah. he, he like kind of clutched his feel, pearls. Yeah, he clutched his pearls. It was like very awkward at that, that moment. But for Peloton, you know, I, I like, I like their class offering. They have a lot of classes. They have a lot of cool instructors. And I feel like now that the pandemic happened, I, 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 I was going to Peloton back in the day before it was like this huge thing that it is now. Right. I, I remember my first class there was in 2014. So wow. that was a while back. Um, and they've gotten so much bigger and like, I enjoy it because you know I have I, it's like taking a, a, a class at home you know yeah. they have so many different type of classes and I think for the price it's been good for me right now now I, the the downside to it for me is I like to see people in person and mm-hmm. I like to interact with people in person and um, I feel like you know, it's great to interact with people online. And I'm in this like huge Peloton group on on Facebook. And I follow all of the instructor, instructors online, but there is something that cannot be replaced about having someone in front of you, actually looking at you and saying, your form is wrong. Now I can get away with it because I've, you know, <laughs> I've been in so many different classes from school to, you know, now that I know when, I know good technique versus bad technique for the body. Right. But, you know, for some people, I don't think it, it will work because they may not know that. Mm-hmm. But for the price, I, pay, I paid, I think, twelve ninety nine a month for Peloton's app. Oh, okay. That's not bad. All of their employees look hella happy. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, they look like they are well paid and taken care of. And I think that speaks to them so I'm supporting them for now during this time that's so true um that's a great way to look at it actually like kind of like taking stock of the employees at a company I think that does kind of tell you so much about the company and whether you Mm -hmm. want to support it or not that's a really good point they all look happy so and they you know it's helped me during this time really try to get back my core strength because (laughs) Um, after having abdominal surgery, um, oh, yeah, I I was like, oh, I was I was out for like four a solid four weeks of not being able to literally cough. So, you know, it's helped me. Their class they have like very specific like classes for each muscle group that you can take for strength, and I I like that. I gotta look into this. You're like selling me on Peloton, at least for now, because I like being around. I like fit group classes personally. I think it helps me push myself. But mm-hmm. I mean, this sounds pretty legit. So yeah, you should. I might you should definitely. check it out. So it's a yay or nay on online classes for now. It's a yay. Um, it's a yay for me for right now because I don't have. I'm not. Go- I don't see myself back in the gym. Like before this pandemic, I and literally in in March late February, I was like, maybe I should get an Equinox membership. I remember having this conversation. I was like, you know, because I go to the gym so often, maybe I should get that and like spend the money for it. Because, you know, you get to the point where Planet Fitness is not really... (laughs) It's not cutting it. I want those eucalyptus towels. 
yeah it's not doing it for you you know there's a lot of weird stuff but anyway (laughs) (laughs) so then the final the final segment i call uh the cherry on top basically what is the takeaway you're hoping um a listener could have from this podcast obviously your incredible journey over the past almost a year now um was laced with a lot of really important information and advice. I'm wondering if there's anything else that you wanna, that you would like to share. Um, yeah, I have a few things that are random. Um, <laughs> okay. I recently found out that caffeine is not good for me mm. and maybe good for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm convinced it's not good for anyone. And I think it may have been the cause of my fibroids getting so huge. So I try to tell people like, don't depend on caffeine like Mm -hmm. be mindful of that read the labels on your food because soy is in everything and that can that can affect you know your hormones and you know your livelihood um but mostly you know I think that my overall thing is you know you should work out to feel good and you know for your livelihood you should you know want to be fit for that reason and everything else you know is just a plus thank you so much for listening to learn more about chelsea visit her instagram linked in the notes of this episode or go to her website at chelsealeewilliams.com and please youtube her singing whitney houston it's life-changing stuff and finally if you want to hear more body stories please subscribe rate and review You can also follow us on Insta at Freebody Podcast. I appreciate you, and I'll be here same time, same place next week. Until then, stay well.